Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and once again I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin Graham. Kevin, welcome back. Good afternoon everybody. You have a good night after that yesterday? Well, went home from here yesterday, um, done some writing, done a jigsaw, watched some of the American football, 
the red zone on uh, Sky. Aye, it was not too bad, not too bad. I mean, catching up with some of the social media um, fallout, I would maybe call it, uh, from yesterday, probably cut it right down the middle. 50% were quite happy with what was being discussed yesterday. Another 50 thought it was appalling that we should discuss uh, changes at Celtic Park, Kevin. So this is a platform for Celtic supporters to come on, sometimes vent, sometimes air their views. Um, if people are obviously getting to the point of you know being offensive on a personal level, then I've got absolutely no issue with blocking them. It doesn't matter who they support because it's unacceptable. And in actual fact, you're wearing a T-shirt um, which again was sent in from our friends at Max Colba who are looking at mental health issues as well as various other addiction issues as well, Kevin. So that's always at the forefront of our minds. Um, so, you know, when it comes to a balanced viewpoint, I've given my view. I stand by it. There seems to be um, two distinct camps in this situation and they're both passionate. And it's great to see the Celtic support have such passion. But it's maybe shown where we are. We're in a we're in a strange situation, one that we haven't been in for a for a while. Is the pressure of the ten telling? We we spoke about uh, Steve McLaren uh, the other week off air and and his quote about the dove, <laughs> and do you caress the dove or do you crush the dove? Mm. And that's what the two Celtic camps seem to be. There's some 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 of the supporters just want to sit and rub the dove and say everything will be alright, you'll fly again. And there's other the other camp who just want to crush it to death. Um, the issue though is, I don't see the reasons behind, you know, when you're looking at last season. Well, it all worked out last season. It doesn't give anybody the divine right for it to work out this season. And all I keep hearing is, I but last season this happened as if, there's some God-given right for it to happen again this season. There were so many different aspects to how last season went, Kevin. Celtic's performance, first and foremost, in the second half of the season was the reason that we ended up as champions. We also know that um, our nearest challengers did fall away and that was one of the the aspects of that. But Celtic won that league fair and square. Uh, but it doesn't mean to say that there's going to be a massive turnaround this season. And the reason I've got concerns is that the performances are not there. I'm not seeing enough in the performances, in the tactical changes or lack of during games, in the team lineups. Now, we've got to be as balanced as possible. And Celtic are dealing and carrying a lot of injuries at the moment to key players. Now, Neil Lennon mentioned it the other night. Lawrence Connolly stood up for Neil last Tuesday and mentioned it. How many goals did we we have at our disposal that were missing last week? You know, when you're looking at the likes of James A. Forrest and Odson Edward, and I think Neil Lennon said there's about 70 goals uh, unavailable to us that you would expect these players normally to be playing, and they're out. We've also got the COVID issues in terms of the illnesses and how Celtic have been hit with that. Um, you know, so that's all taken into consideration. But these performances, with all of the players available, maybe other than Mikey Johnson, um, still weren't performing. So... To hark back to last season and how it was turned around last season is one thing. But to think that the situation is the same now and that everything's going to be all right, for me, you're, you're sleepwalking into a, an absolute crisis. Yesterday, at half-time, um, when, when we were asked, I, I says I says before the game, is this half-time at Rugby Park for Neil Lennon? 
just because of the way that the game had built, built up. The fallout from the Rangers game the previous week, as no having a, a fabulous showing against Milan. So I was wondering if the pressure was building. And this pressure has been building and building. And it's had uh, it's nearly had a few release valves uh, for it to explode. One of them was Clues last year. The next one was the 29th of December when we got when we got beat off Rangers at home. Then you had Copenhagen as well. This season you've had Ferrer Varos. And what seems to have eventually blew the valve is the game last week. So we're going into the game yesterday and it's probably the most pressurised situation a Celtic manager's been under for 10 years. I'm probably right in saying that. Well, it's my opinion. So... That game yesterday at half-time, you're sitting there at that game yesterday at half-time, and I was asked about the 45 minutes thing. I never gave a straight answer because I believe in the higher power of football where you've got 45 minutes to turn things round. It's only one nothing we weren't out of the game. And I wasn't willing on, I wasn't willing to give up my faith that we couldn't turn round that game. When you look at the setting half, let's have a look at it. Individual brilliance almost saved it, almost turned it round. Some of the players stood up and were counted. Did we have enough though? Did we see enough to actually say that's going to continue over the course of the season? We didn't because the first half was awful and I'm on record as saying that. The first half was absolutely terrible. The first half was just as bad as... Uh, the previous week's performance there was nothing, we were flat we lacked We lacked personality we lacked emotion we lacked everything that you would want in a football team we saw signs of life in the second half, we did and individual mistakes did cost us, when you look at the individual mistakes, a uh, uh, Cham Duffy, then Callum McGregor, as I says yesterday Callum McGregor seemed to be caused by blind panic and why was it blind panic? That we had got say it was blind panic because he knew that we weren't seeing out that game. It's criminal that we didn't see out that game. It's criminal that the manager and the coaching staff didn't do nothing to see out that game. Mm-hmm. And that was worrying for me. So for all the, the, the small good things we saw in the second half, McGregor stepping up to the plate, Lee Griffiths. We didn't see enough, and at the end, at the end of the game, that sucker punch. No, I spoke to you after this about the sucker punch. I felt nothing. I didn't feel up. Didn't feel done. Didn't feel angry. Didn't feel sad. I felt absolutely nothing. We've just lost a goal in the ninety-second minute, in the biggest season I'll probably have in my lifetime, and I felt nothing. Why? Why is that? I'm struggling to understand why I felt nothing. I says yesterday it reminded me of that night I was uh, at New St Martin Park. I felt nothing walking out the ground that night as well. Uh, but at that point, I knew something had to happen. And I'm maybe just getting to this point just now where I'm thinking, what is going to happen? Are we going to go all in with Neil? Or are we actually going to make a change? And where has it went wrong? Where has it went wrong this season? Why are the players not playing for Neil Lennon? I said yesterday as well, Neil Lennon has to have a look in that dressing room and see if these lads are still behind them. 
And I still completely think that. And if he doesn't believe he can turn those the, the boys in the dressing room or not behind him, then he's got to do the decent thing. But we don't know enough of what's going on. The folk that are going to make the changes or going to make the decisions have more information than what we've got. And as I, I, can't, I don't know if I can trust the people who make the decisions to make the right decision. When, when, you, when you have a look at it, we claim to be a Champions League club and in the last 10 years, or say 9 years anyway, we've had an open goal at Champions League qualification mm-hmm. for the majority of the time. We were going to win the league, no problem. How many times have we ended up in the Champions League in the last 9 years? Three times? That's that's blown countless of millions of pounds yeah. because of a failure of one of the basic key performance indicators, if you want to call it that. How many how many players how, how many wrong players have we signed? How many projects have we wasted millions on? Oh, there's been Absolutely tens millions. of millions over the years over that ten year period, Kevin. Even uh, without a doubt, there's been loads of money wasted. We. Now, me and you sitting here, we both love Ronnie Dyler. As Anthony Haggerty says last week, Ronnie Dyler won the lottery. So we're we're expecting the same people who made the decision to appoint Ronnie Dyler to appoint the next manager to get it right. For whatever we say about Brendan Rodgers, the people in charge at the moment failed to keep an elite manager and have failed to build on what an elite manager put in place. I've got massive sympathy for Neil Lennon now because I don't reckon he should ever have been in this position. Well, I would say just the points they're making are all valid, Kevin, and we'll expand on them based on a lot of the comments that are coming through on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. But yesterday, um, one of the massive criticisms on me personally was at half-time to say that Neil Lennon's got 45 minutes to save his job and I 100% stand behind that. Now, if you go back to the last time Celtic lost three games in a row, it was 1994, right? So 26 years ago. And in that time, we've gone through quite a few managers. And and all the managers that we've had, there's been three who have been relieved of their duties during a season. All right? So we've got players like, uh, sorry, managers like Wim Janssen, Joe Wengloss, Martin O'Neill, Strachan, Neil Lennon first time round, Ronnie Dyla and Rodgers, who either seen out their tenure to the end of the term, or left of their own volition, as is the case with Rodgers. But there's been three who have been sacked unceremoniously. The first one was Tommy Burns, following which defeat? Falkirk in the semi-final. Is Falkirk in the semi-final, Falkirk being a lower league club at that time. John Barnes after which defeat? 3-1 Inverness, Cali Thistle, Mowbray. After which defeat, 4 nothing against St Myrna away for home. So for anyone to tell me that after three defeats on a bounce, where you've more or less been bounced out of the Europa League or you've started off with a defeat, you've lost your, your first Glasgow derby of the season. And then we're, we're trying to claw back uh, a lead at the top of the league against Aberdeen. If we had gone three games without a win in a row, that's what you're facing. You're facing the sack. And I'm going on the basis of how Celtic have dealt with managers in the last 26 years, which encapsulates the entire time that those in charge have been at the club and more. You know, that goes beyond the time that they've been at the club. So how do we deal with managers? Well, it's either you get absolutely um, 
destroyed from a lower league club or from a club that shouldn't be beating you for nothing. But it's not just the one result, Kevin. So if you look at, for example, the tenure of Barnes, it wasn't one result he was sacked over. I spoke to Barnes at length over 90 minutes. He admitted himself it's because he wasn't getting it right. You look at Mowbray, it wasn't one result. It was the accumulation of the fact that it just wasn't working, even though there had been quite a bit of investment in both of those two managers. So if we hadn't won the game yesterday, I stand by the fact that we'd have been getting the ticker tape today saying that Neil Lennon had been relieved of his duties. I was criticised for that. I've sat here on a Celtic state of mind. We've done the podcast now for three and a half years. And... I've stood up for Neil Lennon since he was appointed. You mentioned it the other day. We'd done a podcast after he got the job permanently. you seen it as the beginning of the end. I didn't. All season this season, the performances have not been there. I've said that the transfer window is the best transfer window in living memory. You know, you put your neck out. There's my view. That's my view. Why is it my view? Well, I can give you a balanced reason for that. And I've backed Neil Lennon every single step of the way. But now... I cannot see him turning this around. So my view is, even when the new the, the players come back from injury, the players come back from illness, is he able to figure out what his best formation is and figure out what his best starting lineup is? Because yesterday, there was nothing but confusion when the team line came out. Confusion in the fact that there were so many players of a similar nature playing in the same position, that they were all in the park at the same time. Confusion that yet he's still playing up front on his own. The lone striker position quite clearly doesn't suit him. He was like a fish out of water yesterday, Kevin. He had fewer touches of the ball than anybody else on the park. But when the substitution's made, you don't send out reinforcements, you just replace them. So I'm being critical of the, the decisions that's been made by the management team. And what people need to realise is that's okay to be critical. Everybody just can't put their fingers in the ears, close their eyes and say, keep the faith. Neil Lennon will turn it around because he turned it around last year. Last week, we spoke about a result from 2012. That doesn't cut the mustard. This is 2020. This is the here and now. This is the Neil Lennon of today. Not Mark 1, Mark 2. And not even last season. Because it's a different beast that we're looking at this season. Not just him, but the team that he's putting out on the park. So I think I, as a Celtic fan, have every right to be concerned and every right to hear my views. And my views, by the way, were echoed by many, many Celtic fans since yesterday's broadcast, and a lot of people agree with those views. So people who disagree, it's not a case of, I disagree with you, I'm just going to abuse you. Online. I mean, that's pathetic. That is pathetic. That's not how you deal with it. We're all Celtic supporters, Kevin. And I disagree with you in loads of things when it comes to Celtic. Sometimes live, sometimes out there. That's fine. That's what you do when you go to the game on a supporters bus. Mm-hmm. That's what you do if you have a pint after the game. You disagree, you debate. So there's loads to discuss on today's show. But I stand by my view yesterday. We've got two games, one on Thursday and one at the weekend, in two different competitions. When we reconvene on the Monday, as we always do, Kevin, potentially we'll be more or less out of the, the uh, Europa League and possibly at the Scottish Cup unless... Neil Lennon can turn it around. Do you think he can? It's interesting that you actually keep on saying keep the faith because that's been used as a, a phrase. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To browbeat people over the last 10 days. I would love to be able to keep the faith. And if I could see that you had a chance to turn it round. Now, we spoke about Rugby Park yesterday. And bizarrely enough, the game ends up free each. The same as what ended up at Rugby Park. Mm-hmm. Now, that game at Rugby Park was we're free nothing down at half time. And it was a great turnaround. And I spoke about this last week. And what Neil says to them in the changing room at half time was... You bet you need to turn this round or we are getting the sack on the Monday. That's what he says in Rugby Park. Yeah, he did, eh? So, you look at yesterday. Did we get the same... Did we, did we get the same sort of bounce that Neil got at Rugby Park? You might have been able to argue it completely and wholly if we had won the game free too. You might have been able to go, look, we came back out in that second half, that was fine, that was great. Uh, we won 3-2, we actually went behind again, we showed a lot of mentality, a lot, a lot of good character, and we, and we got out of that, we've got out of that. There's a wee bit of hope there, but losing that goal in the last minute, and the manner that we lost that goal in the last minute, kind of just sucks that faith. S- sucks. For me, it, it must have just sucked that hope away from me. It was going, a stark reminder go- of where we were and I'm going, is this just kicking the Is this just kicking the can down the road again? Is this just going to happen again? I think it is, yeah. Then... As I'm going home last night, I'm starting thinking, well, what's changed for last season? And I understand people going, well, this happened last season, because that's what us football fans do. But that's romanticism. It is, it is romanticism, but I, I'll admit it, I'm sitting here as a football romantic. But this is the here and now. Last I, I'm, season's I'm gone. Here, I'm sitting here as a football romantic going, I understand that view going, this has happened before. And Celtic keep on making the same mistakes, so maybe that's why we've got a, a more engraved view that history repeats itself. Maybe. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. Understand that view. This happened last season. We're just going through a wee bad spell. Understand it completely. So, what has changed for last season? And the big thing, it jumps out. The massive thing that jumps out is Damien Duff's left. And he's been replaced by Gavin Stratton. So, I don't know how it's set up in the training ground. So Damien Duff was a well-respected coach, seemingly. Mm. Great playing career. Played at the highest level. Um, He's left for family reasons to take up a job with the Republic of Ireland. And he's been replaced by Gavin Stratton. The team's a year older. Especially Scott Brown's a year older. And you've got new players that have came into that dressing room and who are still settling in. Now, there has been quite a big change, and you've spoke about how, we've all spoke about how impressed we have been 
But there's guys coming in there and maybe getting more money than other ones. And uh, again, I've brought this up before. There could be the new boys coming in that are struggling to settle in and there's maybe players, there's maybe a bit of the green-eyed monster there as well. As you've already says, players want to leave. And that's came from the manager's mouth. After the Ferenc Farros. There's players in that dressing room that don't want to be there. Two of them who we felt he was referring to or about were Chris Ayer and Ryan Christie, who for me have been our two best players all season. Correct. So if they want to leave, they want to leave. They're still performing, Kevin. They're still creating. Chris Ayer was the best, has been our best defender over the piece this season. You know, Shane Duffy was welcomed in like some kind of messiah. messiah. And he's, he's failing to impress at this moment in time. Now, we stood up for him before the game, Kevin. We spoke about the length of time he'd been out the game before he came to Celtic. The fact that he's been playing two, three games a week. He carried an injury in the Rangers game with regards to his dental issues, removing an abscess, a couple of teeth, all that kind of stuff. Shouldn't have played against Rangers, but we were strapped and he had to play. So you can maybe forgive him for that because you know he actually wanted to play even though he wasn't fit to do so, Kevin. But since then, we've seen him shipping goals against AC Milan and now against Aberdeen. If that continues and people keep saying, well, that's not the manager's fault. Yeah, but you know what? I take that on board. We can't go through every single game, Kevin, and say individual errors, individual errors, individual errors. Because by the end of the season, we'll have won nothing. You know, we were one header away from shipping uh, a draw at at Livy, against Livy at Celtic Park. That was almost a 3-3 draw. You know, because our defence is really, really slack. So, you, you know, are we constantly going to say that's an individual error? Or are we going to actually shape the team up so that we've got more than two defenders sitting at the back? Because we play with two full-backs who are playing as wing-backs. So Duffy and I were sitting at the back on their own. They got a lot of kind of cover from McGregor, who I thought performed really well. It was a shame that he gave away the penalty. Of course it was, but that was through desperation. Because he's seen that, you know, if we threw away a 3-2 at that point, that there's going to be massive issues, and there are massive issues. To be accused of mass hysteria in some fields, I think is ridiculous as well. There's no hysteria. If you've got a view on a manager over a whole period of this season, from the first game till now, from Hamilton until now, what I would ask you, if you've got a view on the manager that it's not working, he's brought in new players, Kevin, and I would assume that the players that have been brought in have been brought in with the knowledge of Neil Lennon. I would assume Right, then here we go. You tell me today, to date, the three best performances from Celtic this season. Three. Can you name three? This season. This season. What's the three performances that stand out? You think, right, there you go. There's a barometer of the level and the standard of performance I expect from Celtic. Three. Have we had three? Setting half against Hibs. Not three games, right? So Hibs. But I'm only saying the setting half against Hibs. Right. Um. First game against Hamilton, five nothing, and possibly part of the setting half against Motherwell. Right, Motherwell, Hibs, and Hamilton. We've played every club in the league once. We've played numerous games in Europe, and that's the three high points of the season. That speaks volumes for me. That's the three times that we turned up. It speaks volumes. People think, oh, injury and illness. Once all the players come back, everything you know, it's a magic wand. Who was being criticised after Rugby Park? The guy that's sitting injured at the moment, Julien, who's been criticised all season, he's looked a shadow of his former self. The striker who's going to come in and save the day, Edward. 
So these guys weren't performing before, but there's this view that they're going to come back and everything's going to be great. Everything's going to work. You still, you mentioned Rugby Park there. You still had a bit of hope after Rugby Park. I, I was in here, uh, we watched that game. Rugby park and after there, I was no there, there was no knee jerk, There was no knee jerk. No knee jerk. There's still still time here. Then you've got the warning side that Tanadice was at the following week when Ayeti had to score the late winner. Mm-hmm. Then you've had the two late winners at St Johnson as well. And St Mirren, you know, barely. Saint, uh, Saint you know, one. I mean, fills look, you with any kind of confidence, did it? I mean, look, I didn't question the mentality of this side. This man's this side has got individual mentality and. They looked in the mirror. Some of them looked in the mirror yesterday and decided to to give it a go. Who would you pinpoint from yesterday? From yesterday, Christy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayer. McGregor. Griffiths. That would be it. See, who, again, that's a concern, isn't it? Who let him down? Fringpong let him down. Duffy. Cham let him down. Mind you, Tom Rogic scored... Uh, set up the two goals, but overall he was on the he was on the edge of the game. He was on the cusp of anonymity until he assisted the two goals. Uh-huh. So he gets past marks get, for assisting the two goals. But other than that, Moy, anonymous. Neil Lennon showed a lot of faith in Elhuse, a lot of faith, and he seems to be letting him down quite a bit. Um, you look at that. That's Neil Lennon has shown faith in his players. Some players that. A lot of Celtic fans wouldn't give the chance to, but as, you, as we've just spoke about, the performances have been poor, and there doesn't seem to be that light at the end of the tunnel. We spoke about the at the AC Milan game, and I was like, I didn't see enough, and I didn't see enough yesterday to give me any massive inclination that it's going to get turned round very, very quickly with the players coming back. There just seems to be too many issues. And the fact is, and it's the lack of, look at the game against Rangers in the first half yesterday, and even the second half yesterday. The first half yesterday in the game against Rangers were absolutely horrendous. We were were terrible. We lacked everything. The second half yesterday, it was individuals that pulled us out of the mire. Mm -hmm. Our individual brilliance, our individual talent that pulled us out of the mire and nearly got us away with it. We nearly got away with it. The manager just can't kind of keep on relying. Any coaching staff, any football club, can't kind of just keep on relying on individual brilliance. There's some point where your where your team has got to be more than the sum of its parts and work as a team. And yes. that doesn't that doesn't seem to be there. And as I say, right at the start of this broadcast, that we didn't see out that game as the major major worry. Know that we got ourselves back into it, that was great. That we didn't see the game out. See a 3 2, Kev. A 3 2, when we've been pulled back, you know, through individual brilliance, as you've said. Um, at, at that point, that's where you're looking at the manager to see the game through. It's game management. So you've got players on there who, as individuals and collectively, are experienced. And I think during the week, Neil Lennon said they've won 11 trophies on the bounce. That's no bad, is it? Now, that, that's great. But in order to continue that running sequence, things need to change. That's this, this is the whole point, because we're we're in a situation at the moment where you're looking at the team. They look sluggish to me, um, lethargic, and for me, I, I think Lennon has shown an inept, an ineptitude with, with tactics. So we go to three two. 
You need to win that game yesterday. You know, you really do. And it, no changes are made. And I'm talking about shape to, to just see that game through. And then at the end, when we lose that penalty, it's desperation, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Desperation. Nice. Because Carl McGregor knows what this means. And he knows that there is no way Rangers are going to lose any points at home later on that afternoon. So, yeah, individual errors. You can continually blame that. You can continually blame injury. You can continually blame illness. So here's a thing. When these players come back, and like I say, they've been there and the performances weren't any better. Uh, and this continues. But then, because by that point, we've played a couple of games in Europe, the Europa League. We'll have played our game in the Scottish Cup and we'll have played some more games in the league. What then? If the players come back and nothing changes, these concerns we have with the performances continue. The concerns with the performances will continue um, if that happens, if what you say is, does happen. What you mentioned earlier on, the, the tipping points for Barnes and Mowbray. Mm. It's very hard at this moment in time to say the tipping point for Neil Lennon with a lot of the support wasn't last week. Wasn't get that... Um, make defeat to Rangers mm-hmm. that seemed to be the tipping point for a lot of people and a lot of goodwill vanished at that point and the goodwill was always on a very was on very thin ice if you look at the picture overall those in charge of the club haven't built as I says haven't built on what an elite manager put in place there and if they couldn't predict that happening when they appointed Neil Lennon, then I, f- I don't fear, I suspect that Lennon is going to be around for a wee while longer to be given a chance to sort it out. Because if he doesn't, it mean, if, they, if they pull the trigger quickly, it means that they've got it wrong again. So... At this precise moment in time, I'm sitting here thinking we've got Lennon for this week. Another because, two games. Because the board won't want to admit maybe that they've made a mistake. So you're going back to when Neil Lennon was given the job permanently. Mm-hmm. Because the argument against that, Kevin, would be he was a success last season. He won the league, he won nine in a row potentially still a treble winner this season should we progress against Aberdeen etc so would it be viewed that they got it wrong or that after a season Neil Lennon got it wrong you look at the culture change in that club culture culture change in that club that Brendan Rodgers brought in if it's gradually been getting whittled away gradually getting whittled away you can have a, a season of success because you've still ma- got the majority of the players there who will they're still working keep, in the same way they're still working in the same way yeah. if that's getting whittled away gradually chipped away it, chipped away it, chipped away it, then eventually it's going to topple over it's like a wall it's going to topple over is that where we are? is it where we are? personally I think it is yes it's, I do so, so whose fault's that? whose fault is it for appointing a manager who has never embraced the culture that an elite manager's brought in. Well, that should have been um, addressed before now, if that is the case, Kevin. If that's the case, then it needs to be addressed before now, before the problem gets to a stage where we're six points behind in the league. Asterix, yes, I know that we've got a game in hand, right? Six points behind in the league. 
out of the Champions League. You know, unrest in the camp. Let's have a deal, uh, a wee chat about that. A lot of questions coming in. What did you mean? What did you mean by that? You know something we don't know. Forget all the all the rumours. Forget all of that. Let's look at the confirmed unrest in the camp. The confirmed behind the scenes um, issues that everybody knows about. Right? So you've got a player who are, who is undermining the club, Kevin, and undermining the manager, um, who has already stipulated what the the uh, regulations are in terms of players and the expectations around COVID, who jumps on a plane and goes to Spain. So does that undermine the manager, Kevin, in your opinion? Of course it does. Right. Leaks of the team. Uh, people coming to me saying, well, it's happened before Lenny's here. Well, it's happened right now. It's happened under Neil Lennon's watch and under his nose. So we can't just say... Well, that's not Neil Lennon's problem. It is Neil Lennon's problem. And again, he's been undermined by people leaking the team. Players who don't want to be here. That came directly from Neil Lennon after the Ferenc Varos defeat. There are players who don't want to be here who've been agitating for moves. These are issues that are confirmed. So nobody is claiming, I'm in the know, or I'm getting a, a group message on WhatsApp, or I'm getting a text from someone who's in the know. Because if that was the case, I wouldn't build any argument on that. These are the confirmed cases of behind. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The scene's turmoil. So that's happening as we speak, Kevin, and people seem to want to ignore that that's all happening because when the players who are on the injury list come back, it's a magic wand and everything becomes great again. Doesn't it really work like that? Because if there is a toxic culture within a club, the players' performances are going to be affected. And that's why I'm pushing for change. Personally, that's what I want as a Celtic supporter. It's understandable. We all want the best. We all want the best for Celtic Football Club. And this is the reason that everybody's so passionate and so blinkered in whatever camp that you're actually in. And you've got to have a look at the bigger, bigger picture. And as I says, my bigger picture goes back to the appointment of Neil Lennon and how. The people who appointed Neil Lennon couldn't see this day coming. What if, Kev, if you look at the, the period um, between him being appointed uh, to now, has it been a success? Yes. Yeah. So you can go back to that, but I, I much prefer to live in the here and now. So that, that's been done, and he was a success last season, and Celtic were successful. Will that success continue um, if we... Just continue as we are just now, as a lot of Celtic fans are suggesting. Will it continue? It could Scott Brown was dropped for the game yesterday. It could get the captain you, because of the individual brilliance that we've got. It could get you over the line. 
It could. But long term, it'll get you... We're, we're already going downhill. We're all, we're, we're, we are already on that slippery slope. Maybe at the moment, the the bogey's only got three wheels. We've got one wheel, one wheel left and we're still going down that hill. And that one wheel... Is analogies, a, Kev. That one wheel is the quality of the squad. But as weeks, as the days and the weeks go by, you're seeing the eroding of what Brendan Rodgers put into that football club disappearing. Yep. I've got a couple of questions on that because another thing as well as harking back to what happened last season, as if, you know, it's just going to happen again, um, is I keep hearing, yeah, but, you know, the Challengers, Rangers, they're going to have injuries. Right, okay. If and when that happens, that's that's a thing. But at the moment, it's just, you know, an expectation. It's, well, it's, no, it's an expectation at this moment in time. This is no us saying this, and this is no us saying this for effect. This is us, what I'm going to say is based on information with guys who work in football. Rangers and Michael Beale have one of the best tacticians in Scotland, uh, uh, tacticians and a, what was I going to say, coach in British and European football. They have got a guy that's on a different level to anybody within that Celtic changing room. Anybody that's in the Celtic management team. And and by the way, I know that they're ma- they're getting the maximum out of their pool. I know that. Definitely. Right. I know that if you were to compare player for player, squad for squad, I would pick Celtic every single time. This is part of the frustration, Kevin. But they're getting a much better tune out of that squad at Ibrox than Celtic are currently under Neil Lennon from the squad we've got. But let's have a look at this, Paul. And I'm not going to go off off kilter by saying this. Celtic asked Chris Davis to stay when Rodgers left because mm-hmm. they knew the value of Chris Davis as a coach and a tactician. Let's talk about the coaching staff then. Is there a, do you think it's fragmented? I mentioned this before yesterday's game. I look at the coaching staff and I do like the idea of the coaching staff when you think of all the successful teams in the past, Kevin. They're like a gang in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's things that they know work for each of the individuals, but collectively, Kevin, they've all got a role and it works. Some of them, some of them like Martin O'Neill, didn't spend much time on uh, the training pitch, uh, but he didn't have to because he was still the manager and he could trust uh, Wally and John Robertson, right? Are we getting that same vibe now from the the coaching team? Neil Lennon, John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, are you getting that vibe from them? I'm not, but then it's extremely difficult to actually see the vibe because you're not at the games. That's yeah, another thing. That, 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 that's, uh, that usually you, you would sometimes, my mind would wander when I'm sitting at Celtic Park and I would have a look at the dugout yeah, you and would, see huh? the body language and mm-hmm. see what's going on. And I remember the the most famous goal that Tom Rogic scored for us. You look at the celebrations when everybody's gone mental, Kevin Miles is jumping on the... Sinclair. Jumping on Rogic and Sinclair and all of that. Chris Davis is down at Brendan Rogers telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. Chris Davis is down there thinking about the tactical change to see the game out. There's no... It's no calm down, which I've seen a couple of times, calm down, keep the heat. Uh, Chris Davis was there telling Rogers, we need to do this to see, the, to see this game to out. To see the game out, yeah. I don't see that in, in the Celtic dugout. I don't, I don't see that in the coaching staff. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel Damien Duff leaving was a big thing. And it might not be a big thing. I might just be looking too much into it. But 
He's the biggest mess. He's the he's the biggest mess for the club in the summer. Mm. He's he's one that you're looking at, right? What's changed in in the management team? And it's Damien Duff not being there. And we know that that was for personal reasons because again, people have started looking at why did Foster not come back as well? Was that the first sign that there was going to be issues? And again, you can you know can strip it away, Kevin, and, and you can look very closely at every single. Uh, possible issue well, you that, drive that, yourself daft yes and many many are um, <laughs> but my, my concern there is we don't have that now there's various reasons for it it's not as though they can get close and uh, tight in that dugout at the moment because yeah. of the restrictions we know that um, but again it does appear as though there's a bit of disconnect there appears to be a bit of a disconnect there. Uh, there needs to be more in the way of communication, particularly between Kennedy and Neil Lennon. You're looking at uh, some of the, the things I was reading last night was, you know, ah, but we only zoom in when he's looking grumpy or when he's got his hands folded. All right, so Premier Sports, Sky Sports, BT Sports, St. Mirren and Ross County all got together and decided we're going to paint a picture of Neil Lennon, so only zoom in when he's looking cheesed off. I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, he, he's not animated enough in terms of trying to influence what's in front of him. And you do that, you can still do that on the sidelines, Kevin. You can still do it within your technical area. He's not animated enough. Um, there's not enough communication between the coaching staff. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, want, he didn't want him to put in the Lucasade bottles and all of that. There's a balance. There's there a there balance. is a balance. And I sometimes think that a lot's made of managers who gesticulate and go mental in the, in the technical area as it's shown that the, that the care but it, Brendan Rodgers never done that Chris Davis didn't done that but they were very very good at their job yeah but they still put the point across it's, which you know it doesn't have to be gesticulating the, the, there is a story and again we didn't want to speak about Lenny Mark 1 uh, Neil Lennon Mark 1 but there is a story when he when he first got the job that John Robertson came up mm-hmm. no remember he went through a wee sticky spell when he first got the job yep. and he invited John Robertson up for a couple of weeks to say go and you just hang about and see what we can change what we can do and John Robertson told him uh, to shut up that he was talking too much that the players were going to eventually ignore his voice because he just spoke constantly barked instructions constantly at them and what John Robertson seemingly says to him was, when you talk, they've got to listen. If you're constantly talking, they're going to switch off. And that's, and thinking of that now, you look at that backroom team, right? They should only hear, for me, what Robertson was saying there, is your backroom team should be able to go out and give instructions. But when your manager comes out and gives instructions, that's when the players should really be switched on, when they hear his voice. I get that. But to convey a message, Kevin, mm-hmm. to convey a message, it's not being conveyed. You know, we spoke about the various uh, points of the game yesterday where a message had to be conveyed because changes had to be made in terms of the shape, either to get back into the game when you're one nothing down or 2-1 down or to hold on to a lead at 3-2. It didn't happen. And I think that's the frustration is we're not reacting quickly enough to what's happening in front of us there's not a captain on the park at that point and I know McGregor had the captain's armband but your leader that's led us through the nine in a row isn't on the park at that time so you're looking perhaps for a message to be conveyed this isn't working gaffer what's happening but we just continually in many ways um, you know dig the heels in 
it will continue to work. If it's not working, Kevin, you change it. You've got to change it because this season of all seasons, you know, I keep hearing all the old cliches, you know, the leagues aren't won in October. Not, I know, but Leeds Leeds can be Leeds can be built up in October, in November and December, and if you don't turn it round, it becomes an issue. Every point you could you could look at every point that you drop as being pivotal. I mean we were talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the game where God Marshall played for Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost the league on the last day. And we we try and blame Gordon Marshall for that, we try and blame the performance uh, on Fairman on it. You look at some of the, the points we dropped in the month leading up to that game. You look at the fact that we, we lost a goal in the last minute to Dundee yeah, when we beat them six two. Was it Lee Mayer? Scored a last minute goal for Dundee. You know? So you can lose a, a league by a, a goal, Kevin. You know, this is how tight this might be. We could lose a league by a goal. And this is why it's so important. But it's not one result. So I think people can't get me wrong on that. It's not one result I'm focusing on. We've only been beat once in a calendar year. Yeah, but for months of that calendar year we weren't playing. It's no one result. It's the whole set of circumstances leading up to that Glasgow Derby defeat. I think what's ripped a lot of the hope out of me and a lot of the faith out of me is I can see the the fact that, that what Rogers brought us is no longer there. And I'm going to keep com- I'm going to keep going back to that because for me that is the biggest issue. That right. is the biggest issue. There's a there's been an eroding of the culture that Bre- Brendan Rodgers brought in, and it's extremely noticeable in the way that we play, the way that we stay up, the lack of fitness, the whole squad, the lack of fitness. How how long does it take players to get fit? The lack of professionalism, i.e., ball and golly. That's would that have happened under Rodgers? Something else I would need to throw in there is obviously the Griffiths situation, which again situation. is a behind-the-scenes issue beyond a normal injury. The, the situation where he's no fit until the St. Johnston game to get a jersey. You know, that that's an issue. That's a behind-the-scenes issue. Mm-hmm. That's something where if a player comes back unfit, which happens in football terms, you get them fit within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and they're back in to the swing of things. That's another issue. Everything. Along with ball and golly, along with the league teams and along with players apparently agitating for moves. Everything seemed to be on point. When we were when we were behaving like an elite club on the football side, everything seemed to be on point. Right, we can argue about the transfers until we're blue in the face. But on the pitch... Everything was on point and at the training ground. Everything was on point for being an elite level football club. Right. Can you actually see that now? No, but when you try and suggest that, like yesterday when you says to me, right, if you if you leave Neil Lennon and his duties, what who do you bring in? If you try and suggest an elite manager, Celtic fans mock you. So do we want that? Or do we think that's a step too far? Should we not be aiming for the top best manager we can get at this football club? Martinez, what's his what's his salary? Five million a year. What's what's Neil Lennon's two and a half million? You know that's an investment that if you've got a team of players that you're signing from elite clubs, i.e. PSG and Man City, you've got an elite manager there. You're going to get the best out of them. These players are coming from an elite setup. They're coming from Man City. They're coming from PSG. Yeah. If they have went in the huff, it's probably because it could be because they think that they're not getting developed. They're having a look at what's happening yep. round about them. Now, we're not saying that is happening. Well, I'm not saying that is happening. But to my untrained eye, it looks like it's happening. Mm-hmm. And to my strange way my brain works, 
that's not solely down to Lennon. That is, that's not solely down to Neil Lennon. That is also majorly down to the people who appointed Neil Lennon. Someday, once you, one, this is going to sound really, this is, this is going to come out wrong, but I'm going to say it. Once you've tasted Brendan Rodgers, you shouldn't have went back down. You should have realised that's what Celtic Football Club needed, a, a manager of that elite stature. I think they do realise it. And this is what I was saying yesterday. I think that the plan was always get over the line, Kevin. A ten in a row. Get over the line. And then we can revisit that. Well, I think that I think, I that, think that was always a plan, but the plan's not working. I think that's a I think that's a wrong decision to start off with. We thought we could throw quite a bit of investment into the last transfer window and it would see us over the line. That's my belief. And we've gone out and we've bought players and we've brought players in from the English Premier League. You know, we've we've brought in some of Scotland's most exciting talent. No playing them. We've brought in a four and a half million pound goalkeeper. So the investment was there just to get us over. Because, like, I mean, you look at that squad, it's brimming with talent, Kevin. Brimming with international players, which is one of the issues with regards to the, the illnesses that we have at the moment. We've got so many players out in international duty. So I think, yeah, Neil Lennon, I don't think he's an elite manager. I don't think that for a minute. And I don't think the board think that. But if they have got the players there, the personnel, the strong enough squad, we can get through this season of all seasons and then we might have to look at a more long-term kind of plan. That I always think that was the, the view from those in charge, but it, the plan's not working. If they believed if they believed that Neil Lennon wasn't elite men, an, an elite-level manager, then they should walk out the door after him. But then it, the circumstances around him getting a job at that time were such that when Brennan Rogers left the building, we needed somebody in who was a different type of manager at that stage. What was the reason that we went on to win a treble that season? Neil Lennon. Was it was it an injection of what Neil Lennon brought to the party? The, it what, was. And I'm, I'm not going to go back and say thing. I'm not going to go back. You can listen back to all the last podcasts. The night Neil Lennon, Tyne Castle, first game, I says, Neil for the short term, somebody else for the long term. Neil will get us over the line. But I think that the board's short term is the interim period nine in a row and ten in a row. I think that's their short term. And then the, the following term is the bigger plan. And by well, that time, I actually think we do need to think about Well, I shouldn't really be surprised when you see the litany of failures that this board have had, that they thought they could get away with that. Hmm. Well, I believe that that was the plan. But the plan's not working. And that, that's why, not just yesterday, not hysteria, as some have described, not a knee-jerk, um, you know, at no point up until yesterday did I suggest for a second that any change would be good. But, you know, weeks and weeks ago I started thinking about it, particularly after the Ferenc Varos game, Kevin. You, you go into two games against Riga and Sarajevo, far from convincing wins. You know, we scraped through these two games into the Europa League groups. You look at the three games, glamour ties in many ways, tough group. But, you know, I'm looking at Thursday night and I'm asking myself, can the manager and the coaching team, because it should be a team, and I hope it is a team, can they do enough to turn this round on Thursday? Because they couldn't do enough yesterday. And they couldn't do enough last Thursday. I, I, I don't think, as I say, if the board are not going to pull, pull the trigger because that be them admitting a mistake. What am I going to say is they have a duty to protect Neil Lennon. Whatever their decision is, their decision has to be the best for Neil Lennon. 
as either, well. Either way. Yep. First and foremost, they've got to look after an employee that they've put in that position. Shall we have a look at some of the comments coming in on Twitter, aye, Facebook aye. and YouTube? Let's go. I was scared to look at social media last night. Anyway, caught up this morning. Stephen Forbes, you're commenting on YouTube responses to making managerial changes that the grass isn't always greener. Have merit, but we need proactive leadership and forward thinking. Make changes before we limp into the wrong side of history. Stephen goes on to say, as Kevin said yesterday, the feeling was of acceptance when it went to 3-3. You say that again today, Kev. Mm-hmm. In another season, six points adrift with a game in hand may not justify a change, but it's for 10 and performances have been abysmal. Again, I was criticised for um, mentioning how horrendous I felt the performances have been for the best part of this season, Kevin. Um, now, normally when somebody gets a text, I get a bit worried because they no, might no, be getting sorry, all right, sorry, there's no team lines to um, leak, which is great. I wanted, before going back to the comments coming in, I wanted to speak a wee bit about Scott Brown. Um, he was dropped yesterday. We don't know the reasons why. Was it down, down to performance? Was it down to resting him? Do you think that you can go to Pataudry and rest Scott Brown? I spoke to Jim Orr on Friday about it. I asked him if it was a possibility. He says, no danger. You don't go to Pataudry and drop Scott Brown. Jim knows a thing or two about football. I had Scott Brown on my team, yet he was I'd dropped. Scott, What's Scott, your thoughts? I had Scott Brown on my team and... With people who this this is a strange argument. This is an argument where again you can sit on either side of the fence because I don't think there's been a definitive answer any time Scott Brown hasn't played. Um, did we do well in the first half yesterday without without Scott Brown? No. Did we play well without Scott Brown for the first fifteen minutes of that second half? Aye. Well, we got ourselves back into the game. We did. We looked we looked like we had a bit of energy. Did Scott Brown? play a pivotal part in us going in front of that game I don't think he did I think it was more the creative players in front of him which I might be wrong there somebody might actually prove me wrong there um, I don't think he did but I don't think there's a definitive answer and I've, I've said before the the conundrum of Scott Brown is very very complicated because he is more than a player to that team mm-hmm. and that's worrying as well that's worrying as well that is there such weak characters in that dressing room that they can't carry the team without Scott Brown being there? Is that not down to the coaching staff as well? The coaching staff have got to give the players confidence to go out and go, look, right, Scott Brown is instrumental. He's like a, a scaffolding pole to that team. Probably the thing that holds it all together. But he's now 35. Well, he's we not going to be there forever. No, we needed him against St. Johnson. This is um, what Duffy's let us do. I was looking for a leader in Duffy, Kevin, I've got to say. I was looking for a leader. Um, and he's made a lot of individual errors. And again, there's no knee-jerk reaction from me. There's no hysteria from me. I think, you know, Shane Duffy, I look at the reasons that Lenny's given. He never played a lot of games for months leading up to his move to Celtic. And since then, he's perhaps struggled uh, with the two or three games a week of competitive football, including quite a bit of travel with the international squad. So you're looking always for reasons... For balance, Kevin. You're not just jumping on it and saying, what a waste of money, didn't play him. We don't actually have that luxury just now at the moment. In any case, Patrick Murphy, YouTube. Thanks for commenting, Patrick. And everybody that's uh, tuning in on YouTube, there was a hell of a lot of people tuning in yesterday. 
Um, remember to subscribe. Everything we do is free of charge. Just a wee reminder uh, for some of the other detractors out there as well. But uh, my only defence for Lennon at the moment is the amount of players we have out. Once they all come back, I definitely think we'll look much more solid. Others not in form. El Yunusi Duffy should make way. Well, there's a, there's a strange thing. Julien comes back in, and let's hope that happens sooner rather than later. What centre-half would you drop? It's got to be Duffy. It's yeah. got to be Duffy, based on performances. You know, and that was the partnership, Julien and Ayer, that was under scrutiny after the Kilmarnock game to such a degree, it was actually Ayer that got dropped, wasn't it? But then do you drop your most high, your highest profile signing of the transfer window? If you the can, highest, paid, played, highest paid player at the club? If you can drop your captain... I think you can drop the uh, Shane Duffy as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, loads of great points coming in, and um, we try and get as much balance as possible. Mister Briggs again commenting on YouTube, alarming the amount of fans on social media who keep saying, "When we win our game in hand, it's only three points." Uh, said game in hand isn't getting played until at least January twenty twenty one. I know. So it's an interesting it could, point, also. I always remember. Um, you were there that night, Paul Gordon Stratton, when when he's speaking about uh, winning the league at Tannadice. He says, we were glad to have the points in the bag rather mm-hmm. than the games they play mm-hmm. because it put more pressure on that Rangers team to try and catch them up. And there was pressure on every game that they played because they were playing catch-up. So I would rather have that point in the bag, the points in the bag, rather than I played that game. Well, you've got to get the points in the bag, and this is the thing, we're six points behind, we're chasing the league leaders, and it's as hard as it is for people to realise that, that's where we are at this moment in time, and today someone commented, yes, you know, Rogers, we lost under Rogers four games before Christmas, but we didn't see the season out with him, there was an injection, there was a change made. You know, and, and then they start splitting hairs. Yeah, you know, we didn't sack. I know we didn't sack Roger. I know he walked of his own volition. The club knew it was coming, Kevin. Mm-hmm. The club knew it was coming. You know, Leicester had his suit uh, tailored for him. We had a we had a new manager lined up. It was happening, and that season needed change as well. As great as Rogers was, as brilliant as all the elite um, aspects of the club Hi. were, that season, based on you go back to the interviews given quite early on in the season by Brendan Rodgers in regards to Terminado, talking about ambition, talking about failing failing to get the players that he is telling the board to go and get. You know, if that had continued, that would have, you know, potentially limped on into some of the issues that that we later saw with some of the players who previously had been absolute stars for Celtic. But then I'm going to devil's advocate advocate here. The board got him to sign a four year contract which would have took him to the end of this season. If it would be the end of this season they should have made sure that they'd done everything to make sure that they seen out the contract so that's a failure on their part as well but then with regards to that Kev I think there's an argument to say that if someone's checked out you know and they're not putting in the same now I'll give you a scenario so there's a there's a situation where they have a, a scouting meeting let's say and I don't know how often that is so let's say it's a, a fortnightly scouting meeting and the scouts all bring a number of different targets within the um, ballpark in terms of finance, transfer fees, wages, because that's what they're working to a structure, aren't they? And we need left-backs and we need maybe a right-winger, whatever it might be. And these players are being presented. And in the past, Rogers would engage with the scouts who are giving these reports and um, ask for further reports, etc. 
And that that is a scenario for a long period of time. Until Brennan Rogers checks out and those meetings end within five minutes. And Rogers doesn't engage. And Rogers barely even looks at the players' names that are on the on the sheet. That's what happened at Celtic Park. He checked out. So would you keep him in that frame of mind for longer? And then obviously then, you know, the rot the, the you know, that, that sets in. Why did he check out? Did he check out because we didn't because he didn't get the signings that he want that yeah. he wanted, or did he check out because he knew the Leicester job was coming up? Bit of both. If there's a bit, bit of both. both there, if he's checked out because he hasn't got the signings that he's wanted, then that solely lands on the table of the board. If then he, if he, depends if, on what they've agreed if, when he took the job, Kev, in terms of the budget. Aye, but then he gets a, he, he's went for a one-year rolling contract to a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. Surely there would have been a discussion in that four-year contract of the four-year plan. Here's another one then. Here's another thing to consider. So you're after a group of players and you push the boat out to push that budget to the nine million for Edward. Because that's what we did at that mm-hmm. time, right? So the the ballpark figure, you're, you're signing players around the same kind of, you know, you're looking at Sinclair was fairly expensive for a Celtic signing, but actually it probably cost about the same as Clamalla if you want to compare it. Um, but we pushed the boat out to bring in Eduard. So your ballpark is probably up to £6 million, including wages, but then we push it out for Eduard. What if the only players that are being presented to the Celtic board are in the £11 and £12 million mark, i.e. Castagne? What happens then? So you've pushed, you've pushed the boundaries further than was agreed. And that's a situation that was beginning to happen with Brennan Rogers. You create a problem. Was it, a it gives you a reason to then look for your move. I'm not here to defend Brendan Rogers because he also failed. He got us two years into the Champions League, got some hidings in Europe. I know he did. And but elite managers have also got a shelf life, but there's always should be followed by another elite manager. Um what you what you're actually saying, I don't think John McGinn was out with a price range, but no. we, but we know for a fact that John McGinn was never going to come to us and that was just Rod Petrie uh, under no circumstances whatsoever was going to sell uh, John McGinn to Celtic. Castagne, I think it was £8 million at that point and Rodgers eventually signed him for £20-odd million for Leicester. I understand where you're coming from. If he's checked out, he's checked out. Elite managers will use Celtic as a stepping stone, just as this the way that we we uh, sell Celtic as a stepping stone for players, and mm-hmm. that probably causes hassle, and that's probably caused hassle in the dressing room this year, with a number of players who are, to use your phrase, have checked out, and there could be a few of them there that have already checked out. Well, a couple of them that we thought were being referred to after Ferenc Varos have been our star men this season, Kev. You know, Chris Ayer with the speculation around AC Milan, which was confirmed by Maldini. And then Ryan Christie, who he's admitted he's not signed a contract yet. These two guys have been more creative and more productive than virtually every every other member of the, the Celtic squad. Now, Jungle Lion, welcome to the show. And you're commenting on Twitter. Brown ain't the problem this season. I'd agree with that. I don't think Scott Brown's a problem this season either. I thought it was an easy target. and I, I thought it was an easy target for people to say, he's the cause of all the problems. Is there, I mean, here's another thing. We're talking about, and you put me on the spot and said, who, who do you bring in? Well, I'd pick the elite management dream team that I would like at Celtic Park because I, I think there's there's always issues with short-term uh, managerial appointments, Kevin, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, criticise me all you like. I might come back to that and it might become a positive meme in the future. Let's hope it does. Um, 
Scott Brown, can we utilise him differently in that respect? Let's say, you know, there's sometimes a bit of backup needed. I think Neil Lennon, right, I'm not his biggest enemy. I've, I've stood up for him, Kevin, for years and years, but let's say it's not going to happen. Let's say it isn't going to happen. Does he need a bit of backup? Is that nowhere you, you then start to, to look at what we've already got in terms of you've got a guy in Scott Brown who obviously has been moving into the uh, the coaching kind of side of things. I'm not saying that he retires. You also look into our coaching staff that we've already got. I mentioned Sean Maloney who, you know, he learnt his trade at Celtic Park in terms of um, coaching. We've got a few others in the background staff. You've been impressed with some yourself. Can we not try and, and resolve it from within or is it too far gone? Even on an interim basis? On a, maybe on an interim basis, different voices, different um, different training methods may give it the boost. With Brown, you would hope Brown had the area of the squad. And if Lenny needs backup from his captain, then if Neil Lennon needs backup from his captain, you would hope Scott Brown would give it and corral the players into backing the manager as well. Um, does that seem to be the case? I don't know. It doesn't seem to be the case with being an outsider looking in. It just seems to be... It was very simple for all the Celtic fans to blame Scott Brown for all of the problems, but it was a, it's a very, very complicated issue, and I think it's been an issue that's been eaten away since Rogers walked out the walked out the door. Well, Kevin, we said yesterday um, some bold statements. I would say uh, most of them by me, and at this moment in time, no one has said anything to change my mind. You know, no one has proved me to be incorrect in any of the views that I gave yesterday. And I take on board the injuries, I take on board mm -hmm. the illnesses. They're all valid, They're, they are all valid reasons. Yes, of course they are. They are. As are the behind-the-scenes issues, and it's not an in-the-know statement. These are things that everybody knows about. Lee Griffiths wasn't fit. That's an individual issue that needs to be dealt with. Ball and goalie, done what he done. The team is being leaked. There's players that want to leave. These are issues above and beyond the performances that undoubtedly are affecting the performances and the morale within Celtic Football Club. Kevin, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today and we will come back on later on this afternoon for another wee bulletin because we're a gluttony for punishment. But uh, in all seriousness, we love everybody getting involved on Twitter, Facebook and on YouTube. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on YouTube. It's all free and we will be back to you very soon with another instalment of A Celtic State of Mind. All that's left for me to say just now, Kevin, is thank you again for joining me. Thank you very much. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spanish. Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.